What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You are now listening to The Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What's going on, y'all? Happy NFL Combine Week. Welcome to another episode of The Philly Pod brought to you by the Liberty Line. I'm your host as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at The Philly Pod. Do the same for my faithful co-host who is always here for each and every episode continuously, somehow, continues to show up for every single episode despite what time of the year it is. I know, Stephen, you don't get the most excited uh, for the offseason, but in recent years, like back in 20... Don't don't make that face. Back in like 2020, 2021-ish, you were like never hype about the offseason now. As the years continue to go on, you grow more interest uh, with the draft, free agency. Uh, maybe because like these things. the highlight of the offseason was Doug Peterson trying to promote Mike Grow. <laughs> Back in those times, yeah, yeah. I guess there was not a whole lot to get excited about. And also, how he wasn't taking like good players in the draft. Now he's focusing on the SEC. So now we can actually get excited about the draft and not wonder what TCU receiver we're going to get. Mm. Uh, this time around. Steven, you have uh, new content that you just launched this week. Where can the people find you on social so that they can get a good look at the coverage you are providing outside of the Philadelphia space? Yeah, so uh, Philly Sports has uh, driven me beyond. No, I'm kidding. I, I still love it here, <laughs> but I do general sports content uh, mainly on Instagram and YouTube at The Daily Drip Show. It's just me being who I am here, except... Uh, all things sports. The NBA is the focus right now, guys. It's basketball season, you know, and football is not around really. Uh we got March Madness and the NBA playoffs coming up. But yeah, this 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 uh this podcast, I'm not leaving. I'm still here for God's sake. Philly still comes Good first and foremost, but you know. <laughs> OGs, uh, remember the daily drip in those segments that were around f- uh, a few years back. He's brought it back, and you can find all national coverage. If you want something to switch up your uh, your Eagles coverage, you can go over there and check out what's going on in the NBA space as well as outside of just uh, the Eagles. Check out some other NFL stuff as well. So Stephen has you covered on that front. If you're new to the show, appreciate you guys for checking it out. Be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Anywhere else you get your podcast, be sure to leave those reviews, rate five stars. Uh, They all do help with the exposure of the show. You know the deal by now. Thank you guys for taking care of that. What's that smirk for? I was just laughing at uh, Wendy. Oh, you got Wendy up on on your screen trying to figure out uh, what's going on uh, on that front. Um, We got a lot of news to to get through, a lot of rumors. We have LeJarrius Sneed watch. We have Hassan Reddick updates. We have some brand new uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it breaking news that just broke maybe about 10, 15 minutes ago. This is really the, what I'm smiling about. <laughs> the Eagles uh, releasing former All-Pro safety Kevin Byard, an NFL source confirmed, also reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, Steven, this was a move uh, a lot of us foresaw because of the uh, $13 million in cap space mm. that the Eagles were able to clear up by cutting Kevin Byard. He came over at the trade deadline last year. The Eagles traded a 2024 fifth and sixth round pick along with safety Terrell Edmonds to acquire Bayard services. Unfortunately, that didn't amount to really any results with him coming here. Not a very good uh, performance from him at the end of the year, nor really anybody on that defense. But Bayard certainly didn't do anything to help uh, shore up the back end. So he has been released 
he has created an additional $13 million in cap space roughly with that release. And that puts the Eagles at around $44 million in total cap space with still pending decisions with the Hassan Reddick, Avante Maddox, James Bradbury. You can extend some players, Josh Sweat, Landon, Devontae. Which potentially only increase the salary cap which this will, offseason, Exactly, correct? yep, give you more space. Is there addition. a world where, like, because I struggle with the numbers sometimes, is there a world where a certain player being extended, like, it can only increase the cap, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's not a world. Mm-hmm. I guess it would only hurt the cap if they sign them to, like, a, yeah, if you sign a free agent, I guess, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think. Extending players gives you gives you additional cap space. You can extend Reddick. You can extend Josh that, Sweat. So we'd all expect the cap space to be even higher than, you, you just said $47 million It's now? at 44 right now. It'll be more in the coming days as the Eagles, you know, restructure or extend whoever. Uh, they still have decisions to make, like I said, with Avante Maddox. Um, we'll talk about Bradbury in a little bit because Howie made some interesting comments in regard to him. Mm. Um, certainly can extend Reddick. We'll talk about him as well. Landon, Devontae. Yeah, I certainly didn't have – I don't mean to cut you off. I certainly I didn't, didn't have um, – Maybe actually, you know what? I take that back. I was about to say I didn't have James Bradbury lasting longer on this uh, roster than Bayard on my uh, bingo card. Well, they both guess... gave you equal amounts of play in the end of the year, which was zero. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I will say this. Um, Kevin Byard, like, yeah, it didn't, he didn't, it didn't help him coming here to this situation and everything that happened. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's probably still a solid player in this league, but uh, I guess we massively overrated him. Um, I felt like coming into this situation, he was one of the one of the better safeties. I'm not saying the best. He was one of the better ones in the league, especially at a position of need. It felt like a big upgrade. But I will say this, though. Even at the time when I was hyped when we got him, I looked at his age, and then obviously you knew his contract, and you're like, mm, I don't know. You're only adding him to the uh, older list of, of veteran guys 30 and up on this defense You know that are making – good money so at the very least like what they gave up fifth sixth round pick so be it so mm-hmm. be it uh there's some great free agent safeties in this uh class i hope they target one i hope that's the direction they take great safeties in the draft as well when we talk about the draft later on but that is that is that is i don't want you rolling your eyes for the guy no, out of georgia just, he's good he's good but you want proven talent i know i know how yeah you it's certain positions i, I don't know especially don't know. on the back end especially we talked about it last episode as important as safety is to vic fangio's defense you want some guys in here that that have, are proven in the league you don't want to throw new you know new faces not not only rookies in the nfl but rookies to this to this defense uh to, to come in here and try and shore up the back end so i i understand the uh the concern i there. got a question this, yeah what's up? i think i know the answer and oh, maybe this is a terrible comparison but of of howie roseman's in-season trades was this an in-season trade yes at the deadline okay okay the first name that comes to my mind when i compare it to it's almost it's it's, it's kind of similar kind of similar because both had like one play that stands out to you at least for me both player had one play that stood out to me on the entire season but uh, Golden Tate, what did they give oh, up for him? Was wow. it a third round pick? A fourth, I think. A fourth. Okay, a fourth. Third or a fourth. I can't Who remember. had the better just overall Eagles? I mean, this is probably a terrible question because he had that touchdown. In a playoff in game. Playoff game. <laughs> but Bayard had that interception in the Chiefs game, and I didn't think we were ever. For the record, for the record, I know it's a regular season game, but we did play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl too. I didn't think we were ever going to make Mahomes turn the football over. I get it. Ever. Yeah. 
And I witnessed an Eagles player intercept Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'll say on that. Yeah, I'll give the nod to Golden Tate there in the playoffs. It's kind of like when Chauncey Gardner was it Chauncey? No, no, no. Reed Blankenship's first career interception was on Aaron Rodgers, and Darius Slay spent his entire career playing in that division, and even matched up against Rodgers. You know, some in his in his tenure here in Philadelphia, never picked the guy off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give the edge to Golden Tate on, on that one. I thought you were gonna compare him to uh, Robert Quinn last year because that's about what we got. So, Robert uh, Robert Quinn had a couple sacks in the postseason. Was though, he a he? signing or a trade? Robert, uh, he was a, a deadline acquisition last year or two years ago, Damn. I guess. At this point, yeah, Robert Quinn didn't that's do a, a whole lot one. of anything. Jannard Avery, another guy who didn't do anything. No, but be honest with me. If Golden Tate didn't have that touchdown in the playoff game, it's a very similar tenure. To yeah, him. yeah, very similar. I mean, Golden Tate didn't do anything when he got here either. But he that was also offense broken. One catch where he like broke four tackles on a play he's a monster. wasn't he like the yak leader at the time in the league and we just never gave him the ball in short space like, hey you want to know why <laughs> you want to know why because i i said this on one of the previous podcasts and we introduced Kel- the kellen moore signing motion some guys you got to put in motion <laughs> yeah, yeah, did you ever notice that both regimes don't have see i don't consider Devonte a slot you can put him in the slot and he should he should be the primary guy benefiting from the motion by the way but He's more of like a the hybrid. What do you call it? Like a Z receiver, whatever the hell you call uh, it. He's he's like one of those. But uh, yeah. for whatever reason, when you look at both regimes, the Peterson regime and now the Sirianni one, like I can't think of a receiver one that's dominated in the slot and two was used in motion. Yeah, ownership doesn't believe in it a whole lot. But hopefully, don't give that me Jordan changes. Matthews. Yeah, no, he was definitely Jordan not Matthews. <laughs> Jordan Matthews was Michael Carter Williams. What? Now he was better than that. He gave he gave he gave you substantial contributions. No, but and what he I'm... had that one touchdown catch in the in the in the wild card. Was it the you wild card? Game? This, this is gonna get out there. I'm not even saying this to hate on him. I, I'm saying rookie year, Michael Carter Williams. Oh yeah, okay. MC. You Didn't know he have a triple double in his first career game on the Sixers? I, I mean, honestly, dude, that was or he had a triple double with steals or something like Pe- that. Right? People talk about the Lynn Sanity run. Can we please get? Can we please put the push the Michael Carter Williams insanity run out there like that was insane they started the season they're supposed to be tanking they're like 4-0 and they beat the Miami Heat at home I actually yeah, went yeah. to one the of the Bron Heat right the Bron Heat was it I saw him go toe-to-toe with Derrick Rose and outplay him and beat the Bulls it was like the third <laughs> game I went to that game that was nice um, that was nice you want to talk anyway, about I'm insanity com- runs I'm no, comparing nothing... him go ahead, go ahead. The, the Michael Car- the MCW comparison is because he was on a team that was so bad. He was the most talented receiver on the roster. So, like, you're going to put up numbers. You know what I mean? Bad player, bad team. Or, Jordan Matthews me, was decent three, player, three bad yards team. away from 1,000 yards even, I believe. That that, that's insane. Yeah, and then he kept coming. He's had, like, four stints here. At the one he had that the, game-winning what, touchdown against Dallas, right? Yep, sure did. He oh, you're the, stamped. Oh, you're stamped. He caught the touchdown. You, uh, against the Saints in that playoff game where we almost went back-to-back. Oh, uh, yeah. The game Alshon dropped. Yeah. He caught that first touch. We went up 14 nothing in that game, didn't we? And I was like, yeah, we're going back-to-back. This is it. And then they So, really, the them. Eagles should have three Super Bowls because Foles should have just take, taken them to another Super Bowl and won. Yeah. And should have just been the franchise QB the rest of that era. And then you still get Jalen Hurts. Shut up. We're not going to do revisionist history. You still draft Jalen Hurts because Nick Foles at that point will be washed. And then you draft Jalen Hurts. And we should have won last year. They should have played on a normal football field. And the Patriots cheated wait a long time ago. But that's all. Nah, wait, so, so, wait. So, can't if, have if them the, all. Pivoting real quick to revisionist history. <laughs> oh my uh, god, if, we're all if, over the place. If Nick if Nick Foles goes back to back that year, they extend him right and like just get rid of Carson. You would think, right? If Nick Foles goes back to back and wins the Super Bowl that year, they hundred so, percent extend him. They don't let him so, walk. You don't win back to so, back Super Bowls and so walk. So the thing with that, 
we sit here and, and people ask it. It's an awful question because you know what? damn well if no 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 that's a stupid question because you know damn well if that motherfucker got us and won another <laughs> Super Bowl, it's over. It's over for Carson. It's like Carson's not here anymore. They they they, a they franchise have to keep the guy. that ha- didn't win a Super Bowl ever wins and you two go back to back. And you go back. Are to you back. kidding me? Does that change like franchise history? Not only history do you get forward? a statue built. But you just take Carson Wentz's salary at that point. You just get the yeah, biggest exactly. Deal. Imagine <laughs> imagine the trajectory the franchise goes on from that point forward. If they go back to back, like 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 Wentz and Hurts, and like the imagine where we'd be today if Foles won another ring. I'm so sorry. mad we don't have a WNBA team. Man. That'd be wild. That'd be yeah. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm distracted. I, I'm a multi guys. I, the reason I started this other brand is because I eat sleep, eat sleep breathe sports i got sports center on in the background and i'm still on this podcast don't tell don't get mad at me i'm not distracted i'm here i'm here the city I'm has present. to want it's the city. people get mad at the wmba but the city has to want a team first if the city asked for a wmba team they'd make it happen but the city hasn't asked for it so therefore wmba Dude, hasn't pitched it i'm sure sixers, wmba would love a team sixers are cursed we could just start fresh with a wmba team oh man yeah, we should have started one and tanked. We should have tanked. Now Caitlin Clark's going to go to the Indiana. What's fever? her name? Fever. <laughs> I have a I fever kill. being a Sixers fan. I, I have a fe- actually. I have a fever from Eagles fans. Quite honestly, not all of them. I love you guys. I gotta let me clarify that. It, as long as you say you love the fan base, you're good. You can say whatever you want about. I thought the we were going to. Especially we were gonna if your get team. Through. Especially if your team finishes the season one and six. I'm pissed. I can't let it go. Darius Slay is driving me crazy. He's a great player, but he's just rubbing me wrong. He's rubbing me wrong. I thought we were going to get through the first 15 minutes without bringing it up. I you, were so, you were so hot off camera before this that I, I, I should have known you'd be I want to apologize to Vic because he had this rundown set up for the show for several days in a row. And I'm sitting here right now looking at the rundown and Hijacking I'm just taking it. a giant piss Hijacking on it right it. now and lighting it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want, you, want to, you want to vent for 60 seconds? Go ahead. I'll give it to you. Just... Look, he's free to first, do first he explain wants. what we're what we're talking about, what what we're in regards to. If the people that haven't seen the clip button, well, most recently he was a guest on one of the most popular sports podcasts in the world. Stephen Nelson has a podcast now, guys. Everybody news to has me, one. by the way, news to me. And uh, yeah, here we go. Philly fans get brought up, and essentially they both, uh, you know say something that we already knew that it's hard to play in city the fans are hardcore they'll boo you this that the other as if they're philosophers as if that stuff was never said before and you know he did some damage control because obviously eagles twitter including me didn't like that we got really annoyed with it and uh there's a back and forth going on all over eagles social media with fans saying like this is why players don't want to play here what darius slay said isn't wrong i hear you but this is my thing. I'm not saying I hate the dude. I'm just really annoyed with him. I'm annoyed with him because the team finished the season one and six. And during that one and six stretch, as you can imagine, when the team's losing, everybody's under fire. Jalen Hurts was under fire. Nick Sirianni was under fire. AJ Brown was under fire. I mean, mostly driven by the radio station. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I'm sure there's other names. I mean, even Big Dom got suspended. You got that whole thing going on. Everybody was under fire. Meanwhile, Darius Slay during the stretch is like reposting. He can do whatever he wants. It's his social media account. But just know you're not like I'm free to express my opinion then. If you're going to repost your individual stats when one, your team is losing in an embarrassing fashion, and, and two, your defense. 
is like the laughing stock of the league. So I'm just annoyed with it. He did save face a little bit by coming out and saying he loves it here and everything like that. I mean, there were some questions. I didn't question it, but I did find myself wondering during this A.J. Brown saga before he even appeared on WIP. I was a little worried. I didn't think he was going to get traded or anything, but a part of me was like, I mean, well, he deactivated his socials. Maybe he is just kind of fed up, you know? And, uh, again, Slay can do this stuff, but it's just all I'm saying is I'm annoyed and it doesn't look good when you do it when the lasting memory of this Eagles team is them going 1-6. and six. I get it. I understand. I'm not, I, saying, I see, I'm I not even see. saying I want him out of here or any of that stuff. I'm not I can, saying I can that. understand how it rubbed people the wrong way with the way the season ended still fresh in a lot of people's minds and, and him talking about the fans – would seemingly just didn't care during the season, but you care about the fans. I, I, I can see how it rubbed people the wrong way. I just, I, he didn't say anything wrong is my point. He said, he said it's t- they, it's rough to play in Philly. Yeah, Everybody I mean, the knows, sky is The blue. league knows this. The players know this. We know it's hard to play in Philly. And it's a random podcast in March, so I just don't care. So I, but I and get I why people would be upset. I'm, I'm at, I, I get why people think would be upset. I'm, a, I'm down the middle with this one. You are not down the middle. You are angry. No, because there, <laughs> there, there are some, there are some, and you can throw them into the same group of fans that want to do this standing ovation shit for Tobias Harris. Yeah, that's stupid. That just wave their pom-poms for the players no matter what. And I'm not one of yeah. those. I do side with players more often than not, but this time I can't do it. There's nothing wrong with fans holding players accountable. There's nothing wrong with that. And Slay was talking about they boo us, they do this. He didn't say it from a place of malice. He was just like, this is the toughest place I ever played. And I, I'm it. not even one of those boo people. I just get mad. Like, if I'm at a game, I'm not going to boo the team. I just get upset. The thing that had me was Steven Nelson saying, he said, I made a good play and they were still booing me. I don't remember you ever making a good play. He had a, he had like one pick that I can't remember. One interception. And then, like, is there any, like, the other thing that annoys me is uh, people will take this then, and I, they, I literally had back and forths on twitter this morning like people are saying this is why people don't want to come here and even if there's some truth to that it's just a stupid thing to say because bryce harper the face of the mlb for a while signed the mega deal trey turner came here like we have superstars here in philly like it's just not true i don't believe the whole premise that players don't want to come here because of the fans because some people cite the fans and their passion as to why they come and sign deals here. Now, I understand that it's there. there's a stigma in Philadelphia and the reputation with their tough fans, and some people who go through like mental issues and have their own battles probably don't want to deal with that. But for other people that like the desire and like to play for a city that actually cares about their sports teams, uh, that has players wanting to come here. So that's kind of rise it on the whole thing i'm not particularly yeah and i'm not defending i've never really all of cared the... about the things slay says on a podcast like i've never cared really yeah it's, it just, it's, it just it's irritated me and look but i can see why the like i said the way the the way the season ended and you're out here talking about the fans is probably not the it's not good for optics i can if I can, you uh, if you have at all listened to this podcast and are familiar with the both of us i for some reason hold a lot of weight put a lot of stock into intangibles with players and you know this is to me i consider this an intangible thing like how you deal with the media, how you use your social media, how you interact and all that stuff, you know. I'm not saying Slay should stop. This isn't, like, this he isn't has the first time podcast. Slay has, like, gotten on the fans' nerves. Like, he's, it's yeah, been, like, it's I'm not saying he shouldn't, like, like I'm not going as far, because there's some people that are, that'll go as, as far as to say, like, oh, trade the guy or he should stop doing a podcast. I'm not even saying any of that stuff. Although there is one player in the NFL who probably should stop doing a podcast, if, no, if Micah, we're being 100. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a not, he's not doing the Cowboys any favors on 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 that route so yeah so yeah i can understand why his slay's uh 
you know, comments can rub people the wrong way, but he's still the hey, best corner in the roster. I think that rubs Cowboys. So, I think uh, some ca- that rubs I see Cow- some Dallas fans pissed about this. Yeah, some kids. Dallas, right. He's like their, he's their best player. Did CD just say something about Dak on the show like a week ago? Or two weeks ago. So, so like, this is what I'm saying. Like, it happens all across the league. It's not just us. Like, there's Cowboys fans who literally, like, like uh, Skip Bayless, for example, it says that every time Micah Parsons' name is brought up, he's annoyed, yeah. annoyed with it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's and you know what? Maybe this is, this is maybe he can have a podcast, but you gotta just watch what you say. That's all. This is what you're I mean, gonna I gotta get watch what I say on this here. This is what you're gonna get in March and in, in, in off season. You're gonna get. Yeah. Like what do you want from me, guys? So what do you is, want? This is what you're going to get. Sticking with the uh, with the secondary on a potential running mate of Darius Slay that maybe had in the off season. We have essentially Legarius Sneed watch with everything that is going yeah. on. The Chiefs have granted. <laughs> Their stout, their stout cornerback permission to seek a trade. Now Ian Rappaport confirmed earlier in the week the Chiefs have subsequently placed the franchise tag on Legarius Sneed, which will cost around $19.8 million in 2024. Mm. Kansas City has made it known that their priority is to extend Chris Jones for now, and then they'll see what happens with Snead. 19 mil? Is that what you just said? Afterwards, $19.8 million is the salary cap so for Snead in 2024. So, cutting Bradbury saves what? Um, cutting Bradbury, up. cutting Bradbury. If they so choose, it depends when they do it. Right, excuse it, me. If they, sorry, sorry. Bayard. What? What did that again? Oh, cutting Bayard today saved you thirteen million. Holy shit! Hey, there's a dent right so there. There's some, there's hey. some Ladarius Sneed money available hey. if they so choose, especially with the cap salary, uh, the salary cap increase. We talked about it on the last show. Uh, the cap went up thirty million dollars. So I'm they gonna have, have a field day if we're we gonna have him. some space to uh to uh to play with and make it known <laughs> that the Eagles are apparently. Sending their highest of profile players to yes. uh, recruit Lejerry Reminiscent <laughs> the... of sending Brett Brown or whoever the hell it was the Sixers sent to recruit the the King James himself. And LeBron didn't even show up to that, by the way. Like, didn't LeBron just send his agent? Like, he no, didn't I wonder why. You think he, he wants to meet with to Brett meeting. fucking Brown, for God's sake? Steven, tell us which players are currently in the process of recruiting Lejerry Sneed to Philadelphia. If you, would if so you could guess any players on the Eagles roster, who would it be? None other than Boston Scott and Milton Williams, baby. <laughs> and? And Griffin Herbert, <laughs> Griffin wow. Herbert, like six string tight end. No, no uh, uh, shade or disrespect towards them. Clearly, but clearly, clearly. Uh, but um, but um, the common denominator here is that these guys all played with Jerry Sneed at Louisiana Tech. So former college teammates, you know, know the guy. Want to try and send them a few text messages? Hey, we got some spot here in uh, in Philadelphia. Sneed and Slay combo. Despite how you may feel about Darius Slay, uh, that tandem would definitely. Uh, mm. Would definitely be a nice duo to go into 2024. I, with. I hope it happens just so I can go on Twitter and be like, hmm, thought stars didn't want to play here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do that every time somebody comes here. LeJerry Sneed uh, took to Instagram the other day, posted an eagle emoji with mm. a picture of him and, you know, doing the little flight, the an little eagle eagle's emotion. Huh? So me getting all excited and, ben- and, De- and Devontae Smith liked the photo as well. Of all the so, emojis he could have used. So me getting all excited, you know, I see it, I post it on Twitter and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I got to post this. It's going to be nuts. Um, and then some people, some Kansas City oh, fans man. were like, dude, he uses the eagle emoji on all his posts. So oh, I'm like, what the hell? Really... I go on all his posts. There's oh. eagle emoji in all of them. And I'm just you got like, my well, hopes fuck, up, man. man. Are you well, serious? What the, what the hell is this? Use it. That's that's like his favorite emoji to use. But Smitty did like it. So I'm going to hold out hope that maybe mm. this is just a just a thing. And he just it, usually he has a caption with the eagle emoji. It's just mm. just the eagle emoji by itself this time around. So we'll see what comes up. I'd imagine he's the top free agent target, right? Or uh, I guess as far as cornerback is, concerned. Yeah. yeah. As far as corner is concerned. Sneed's projected market value is roughly $16.3 million per year. So this is going to be a tag and trade situation. They oh, already tagged God. him. They're going to move to trade him 
Uh, he's going to command a lot of money. Snead has made it known. He has two rings already in his four years at Kansas City, so he's so made it known. So a tag and get trade, paid. like what kind of leverage do the Chiefs have when it comes to that in, in regards to a Well, trade? they already tagged him, so they're just like, if if you don't trade for him, we'll just keep him on a tag, and then he'll uh, walk next season. He'll walk, they'll walk, and then they'll walk next season. So, so they could literally ask for a first-round pick for the guy. Uh, yeah, but I th- in, in these situations, Yeah, but nobody's going to give it up because it's a one-year yeah, rental. Yeah, and they've, they've historically, if they don't extend him, it's a one-year rental, but they've historically uh, mm. like t- tagged, like these kind of situations don't historically cost a ton as far as trade compensation is concerned. So we'll we'll see how it how it shakes out. Sneed wants to get paid. You already have two rings, and that's something to keep in mind as well. How are players on big oh, money man. contracts going to play when they already have two championships? Not the saying I'm not questioning is, his passion for the game by any means, but I'm sure the motivation goes down a little bit. Yeah. When you when you get paid and you have two rings already, what are you playing for at that point? Like you're just you're just playing football. Like you know. The only issue is that if if the trade happens very soon, mm-hmm. uh the Eagles will have how much money allocated to that cornerback room? Yeah, yeah, Slay Bradbury. I mean, we'll again, when 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 does the Bradbury thing set in effect where they can cut him or whatever? And it so, as far starts. as James Bradbury is concerned, a normal release if they do it like right now, it, they would eat a seventeen point two million dollar cap. Yeah, hit. I don't so, think you want to do that. So you don't want to do that. If you do a post June first release, you eat four point seven million in dead cap currently. And then, like for the 2024 season, mm. and then the rest of it, 12.5 million comes in 2025. So you can do the classic Howie kick the can down the road deal and, and take yeah, the minimal hit now, push the rest of it to 2025. You can take the brunt of it now and then deal with it, you know, whenever they've, 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 what notorious would you do if for they eating can Bradbury. What would I do if they extend him for what reason? They're not what <laughs> extend, know. they're not going to extend him. He's entering the Howie second season. He believes in a, him and all this. He's crap. entering the second season of a thirty-eight million dollar deal. If he stay, the, the, this is this is what it means when Howie. Wait, the Bradbury contract was a two-year deal or three? Three-year, three-year deal. He's oh, entering the second boy. year of it now of a thirty-eight oh, million dollar deal. Is what it is. They're so they're going to have to cut him. June 1st. So so essentially segue into into Bradbury now. Howie Roseman stated at the combine that James Bradbury is quote unquote under contract and a part of our plans in 2024. Mm. Those numbers I just relayed to you are the numbers that are going to factor into yeah, I mean, his decision. Number, yeah, absolutely. Contract-wise, yeah, we are, whatever, man. I can't do this. So this is, so th- this essentially means three things is the way I read the, se- uh, read the situation. Plans could certainly mean trade plans. <laughs> you know, plans means use a part of our plans to yeah, be, but potentially be moved. Say? What else exactly, is he going to say? Exactly. You don't want to lower your trade value as a thing. If you come out here and say, Brad Barry was asked last year, we don't want him anymore. We're going to offload him. Then no yeah. team is going to come and trade for him. So Howie's hoping he may potentially get something for uh, for James Bradbury. The Eagles could also believe that the new staff could help Bradbury, you know, kind of return to form. They're hoping oh maybe Fangio could come in here, and you have Christian Parker now from the from the Broncos, who's who's good with corners. Maybe they can kind of shape him back to what he was in uh, in 2022 when he was like a top five corner and had really good numbers. It or, may just be me. What's that? But. I don't think a corner that is targeted from 120 to the other 20 on an entire, actually 120 to the end zone for an entire possession with the game on the line with a backup quarterback. Uh, I don't think there's any fixing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Scheme plays a part in it, but man, he just looks. I like mean, you can say that, he, but at that point, you're looks, just admitting we're hiding this guy in our scheme I'm, because I'm saying he got targeted the whole possession. Well, that's what we did in 2020, 2022. We hit all the shortcomings in in the scheme, but uh, he just looked. Man, it's it's hard not to watch his tape and just assume his. Yeah, but like, you can't even make the point co- that he does anything well. Yeah, well, he played. You know what zone I'm saying? Really well. He played zone oh, really here well we in go. 2022. 
And so, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying there was times to, to your point, there was times we can put the film on and just look at him and say, this guy doesn't have it anymore. So when you don't have it physically anymore, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to assume that he's going to bounce back. Uh, the Eagles could also option number three, keep Bradbury around as a backup and just avoid all the dead money hits all around. Just keep him on the roster, keep him around as insurance and just eat, eat the contract is, see, is, is the other option. So that's see, kind that's of my, my favorable option. Hang on to him and, and He'll he'll play when needed, and that's kind of it. And just you're out of your mind. Why don't they just cut him June first? Because you still have to. You want to eat the 13 million next season? Would you prefer to do that? I guess it's not the worst option in the world. Uh, eat five million this year. Eat 13 million next year, and and if and you can't that. make but a trade, you, if you can't make a trade, yeah, and yeah. But at that point, to, you're asking yourself, you want to keep that guy on the roster for that salary, or just eat the four or whatever you said it it's, was. It's bad both ways. It's bad both ways. It's better, in my opinion, it's better just to keep him as an insurance option and just hope that he cannot be as bad as last year when he when called upon is is kind of the best option. Do so you really me, want to pay James Bradbury 13 million in 2025? Is that no. what you want to do? <laughs> me, me being the uh, petty person that I am, I'm actually going to rewind this uh, back and forth back to the Darius Slay thing. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm annoyed part 1,000. You know, again, if you're just going to, when your team's 1-6 and six and all this stuff, last seven games, whatever it was, and you're going to take all this time and, and make comments about the fans and all this stuff, all I'm going to ask is this, and somebody made this point on Twitter earlier. Where was this energy when James Bradbury was getting attacked on and off the field heading into that Niners matchup and in the offseason, literally leading into the season, all offseason, nobody said a goddamn thing about it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you get on the field and just get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. what we do here is make comments about the fan base. Bad yeah. luck. Yeah, I understand. I'm saying definitely you should be uh, showing up showing up for your teammates and, and not running to, running to microphones. I get it. I get it. I understand. That was yeah, certainly let's just, bad luck. Let's, getting... let's just repost our stats, though. Let's not even take our teammates back. <laughs> you know, getting, we love uh... the city. We love our team and everything, though. Ain't that right? Yeah, you should mm. love your teammates in the same regard. Uh, in 2024, QB's targeting James Bradbury had 114.3 passer rating, and Bradbury allowed an NFL high 11 mm. touchdowns last season. So it's hard to justify keeping him around. I heard through through a few people – uh, uh, poking around that it would be a surprise if Bradbury was on the roster next year. I tend to believe so as well. But if they can't find a willing trade partner, which I doubt, and they don't want to eat all this random cap that they're trying to open up, uh, I maybe maybe he'll he'll stick around and be an assurance option. I he'll he definitely won't be a starter if he's here next year. We can, mm. we can say that for sure. He will not be a starter. You have Eli Eli Ricks out there. You have Keely Ringo waiting in the waiting in the wings. We'll see what happens with the Jerry Sneed. We'll see what happens in the draft. But uh, I think Bradbury's days as a starter in the NFL are all but behind him to this point. Pivoting to to, to another uh, position on the defense. We talked a lot about Hassan Reddick last season, or last episode rather, and now we are back (laughs) because multiple teams have expressed interest in trading for Hassan Reddick. As expected, we didn't expect nobody to not have interest in a guy who posted 27 sacks over the last two seasons. Uh, Howie Roseman at the Combine said, Hassan, obviously an unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly, love having Hassan. I think that anything you're trying to do, you're trying to blend what you're trying to do this year and what you're trying to do in the future. I think that's the hardest job. Don't want to get to any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and person when talking about Hassan Reddick. Nick Sirianni on Hassan Reddick said, obviously, we'll see how that plays out. I don't know how that will play out. Hassan has been awesome for us these last two years. A big reason why we've been to the playoffs the last two years 
is the contributions of Hassan. He's played really well, really outstanding football. We'll see how that plays out, and hopefully he's an eagle. Mm. Sure. So, so you know, you know, generic GM coach jargon at, at these at these kind of things. Um, I think one of the biggest downfalls of this team last year, especially the defense, was what Howie mentioned: the blend of aging players combined with players that weren't quite ready to be on the field yet, and that did not mix well. You don't rapidly declining players and players that just shouldn't be on the field in pivotal pivotal games. I think that uh, that uh, high pressure situations. I don't think it worked out well for the Eagles last year. And the Eagles have to sit and decide, are they going to give this guy a big money extension for a guy that's turning 30 years old? He'll be 30 by the start of next season. All this stuff we talked about uh, on the last episode. Uh, I have heard, Stephen, that the Eagles have mutual interest in keeping Reddick, as one would expect. And they're willing to offer him a contract worth upwards of $22 million a year. Reddick's camp is staying firmly at $25 million a year. So we'll see, you know, which side gives way or what have you. I think they meet in the middle somewhere, if I had to guess. I don't. I don't think he leaves. If I, yeah. I don't. I, I think trade trade compensation wouldn't be enticing enough for Howie to trade him. I think the two sides will eventually meet in the middle. Hassan never formally requested a trade. He wants to stay here, so uh, Hassan is sitting here at twenty five. Howie is currently sitting at twenty two. We will see which <laughs> which side yeah. budges in regards uh, to that. Obviously, Philly has Josh Sweat entering the final year of his deal. Extensions talks will be coming up for him and Nolan Smith. Uh, should be ready for increase in snaps come next season. So uh, an interesting situation as far as the edge rusher is concerned. But I am willing to believe that the Eagles would like to hold on to their best one, regardless of what the market looks like for potential free agents. I don't think the Jets are tagging Bryce Huff. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, that is kind of the the story around Reddick at the moment. I've seen some things about Dallas being interested. I'd be floored, mm. absolutely floored, if the Eagles send him, send him to Dallas. I don't think that's in their plans at all. So I wouldn't I wouldn't entertain any any conversations or anything you see in regards to to him potentially going to Dallas. Uh, but Steven, that's where we're at. Twenty two million a year the Eagles are willing to go to. What are your thoughts as far as Reddick and his future here in Philadelphia? Yeah, I just hope that how he does what he can to uh keep him here. I mean if that's how much he without, wants to without without overpaying, you would hope, you know. Yeah, I mean even if he makes that, I mean obviously it's an upgrade over what he was previously making, but he's still, I feel like that's, that's so he's reasonable. 17th in the league right now. You want to get top 10 at least, get in the top 10. Yeah, that's, re- that's very reasonable, honestly. I mean, you just don't want to lose a guy like that. I know he's older, but he is in his prime. Everybody declined towards the end of last season, but we've seen Reddick at his best. I mean, that's like, we sit here and talk about, oh man, you know, how are we going to replace Jason Kelsey? Like that's something, that's a player in a position I don't, would not love to have to replace especially if you're able to prevent yourself from you know being in that situation but even regardless of that this is aside from that this has nothing to do with their decision on reddick all of a sudden i find myself talking myself into the eagles taking an edge rusher in the first round of the draft yeah because there's some talent man you want to talk about youth and everything like that very, very deep at, very deep at edge, safety, and corner. All the positions the Eagles need help at. So this is a good draft to to invest some assets into. It's just a matter of how many. Is it like, are you confident in an edge rotation of Sweat, Nolan Smith, and whatever rookie you draft? Like it's 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 gonna be gonna be a tough go there. Um, so we'll see what kind of money 
uh, terms that they come around on as far as and medics, again, uh, it, you know, a lot of this could be scheme dependent. So maybe they get like more of a traditional like outside. Yeah, that's what they have to ask. Type. Is Fangio going to drop this guy into into coverage? Like, if that's the case, just don't even bother keeping him around. Like, if that's the case, if you're not going to well, use that's... him as a primarily edge rusher, and Vic has him dropping back, don't don't bother. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it, it gets really uh, interesting now. You know, I mean. We'll see. Maybe they get one of those like hybrid linebackers. Kind of. I mean, honestly, like Micah Parsons, if we're being a hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we can get a player of Micah Parsons' uh, caliber, that would be that would be uh, ideal. Speaking of linebackers that the Eagles could potentially take, Jeremiah Trotter. <laughs> mm. I know we bring this name up a lot, and you have your reservations in regards to Jeremiah Trotter, as most do, as I do as well, because there's a lot of things that he's going to need to work on. But the Eagles did hold a formal visit with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at the NFL Combine. And as we all know, Jeremiah Trotter, his his uh, his dad, played in Philadelphia for, for eight seasons and was drafted by the Eagles in the third round in 1998. And I think he's in the Eagles Hall of Fame, I believe. Mm. I, think, I think he is in the Eagles Hall of Fame. So this is where uh, the issue arises. Jeremiah Trotter's measurable six foot, 230 pounds. That is kind of undersized at the mic position, but his dad says he is an old-school linebacker in a new-age body. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. finished his college career with 202 tackles, 29.5 of those for loss, 13 sacks, 13 pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and four interceptions, returning two of those for touchdowns. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. on the Eagles, he said, of course, it would be a blessing to play for them. I'm just really waiting for the opportunity to go wherever I go and get happy wherever I land. Uh, as far as draft positioning is concerned, the Eagles currently hold pick number 50 from the Saints and their own pick number 53 in the second round, which is where kind of he is projected to go around. Um, so you read these things, you see these things. There's a lot of stuff going around about Jeremiah Trotter Jr., his potential fits, his obviously his legacy. Is there going to be a lot of pressure if he does come if he does come to Philadelphia to live up to his father? Uh, where do you kind of stand on his potential fit if he comes over to be in the middle of this defense, Steven? Well, because we've neglected the position so much, it would it would still <laughs> be, be honestly no one. What, it'd right? be it'd be exciting that they took a linebacker as high as they do. I mean, obviously, a lot depends on when he's taken, but uh, I'd imagine he's going to be an early pick, maybe a late first, second. Who knows? Maybe he falls. He's not going in the first. I'll tell you now. He won't. He's not going. I hope in the first. not. Yeah. I don't well, think so. you know. But all I'm saying is. As far as he goes, I think he uh, is definitely. You say you a, hope not. You hope not for the Eagles' sake, not because he's, he's definitely a skilled player. Uh, I think that's his talent. Uh, my, my worry is just his his uh, athleticism and stuff like that. Will it yeah. translate to the next level? Because he doesn't like jump off the screen athletically, you know. Um, but again, he's very skilled, so that that's something they'll have to, uh, you know, think about. Um, you know, if that's the direction they go, drafting a linebacker. Um, I'm big on Edger and Cooper, but there are some concerns with him too. He's Edger and Cooper's almost on the other side of the spectrum, where he's like a a total dominant, you know, freak athlete. But is he polished? Will he be healthy at the next level? I believe he may have some injury concerns, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, the thing with Trotter is that obviously the uh, the DNA is strong, so you know he has the IQ to make up for lack of whatever physical traits he has. He doesn't have elite speed, and he's tough in pass coverage, which is you know, raises red flags for us Eagles fans who mm. we, we we are yearning for a linebacker who can cover after, you know, not having any last season. You had one good year with Kaiser and TJ Edwards. When we saw what elite linebacker play did thus, it propelled you to the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, Trotter not being the greatest in pass coverage is certainly going to raise some flags. But with the DNA he has, the bloodline he has, the uh the uh the legacy, I'm sure that he will um fit into wherever he goes and potentially maybe it'll be in uh in uh in Philadelphia. 
Um, I don't mean to, to bounce around, but you mentioned Lin Sanity run uh, earlier mm. in the show, and I I've been thinking um, about like who kind of had the best one, especially Eagles related, and I tend to think that Travis Fogel might have been the answer mm. <laughs> there as far as Lin Sanity yeah. runs goes, because this man in like that four game stretch, I think it was in in October in twenty twenty four games played. He had 27 receptions for 378 yards and three touchdowns. This man was averaging 95 yards a game in a four-week stretch and then just fell off the face of the earth after mm. that. So you want to talk about insanity runs. Uh, Travis Fulgham is certainly <laughs> certainly in the mix for uh, for uh, for contendership there. Um, I, want to, I want to go back to Sneed real quick because I was looking at his matchups against wide receiver ones in 2023 because he was like a, a traditional shadow corner. For, for Kansas City last year. And there's not too many of those left in the league because a lot of guys don't follow guys a lot. They just kind of play to the side. But listen to these names, Stephen, and I'm going to read off the names and what LeJerry Sneed allowed them to do against him, if anything at all. Mm. So Sneed against wide receiver ones in 2023, against Jamar Chase last year, zero catches, zero yards when covering Jamar Chase. Devontae Adams, one reception for four yards in a game against him. Stephon Diggs, allowed he allowed one catch for three yards. Uh, A.J. Brown, we all remember that game. He only had one catch, eight yards, with Snead covering him. Tyreek Hill, just one catch for six yards. Cortland Sutton, one catch, 23 yards. Keenan Allen, he held him to zero catches. Justin Jefferson held him to two receptions for 14 yards. Held Garrett Wilson to three catches, 24 yards. Held D.J. Moore to one catch for four yards. And held Calvin Ridley to two catches for 32 yards. He held the top of the top, the best of the best receivers to, to nothing, to nothing. I just hope that when he gets paid, that we still get the same production. Because you know the Eagles have a poor history of giving big money to these to these corners. Byron Maxwell, Namdi Awesome, while these guys, the the list goes on of guys that they paid a lot of money to that did not work out. And we're all going to hope that Snead is not one of them. If it certainly is the case that he uh, does come to uh, to Philadelphia. Um, any other notes? Any other news that we that we that we missed on this show, Stephen? Anything you had highlighted you wanted to hit on? That's about all I had here as far as rundowns from 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 the combine and uh, and things like that. The Eagles did talk to uh, Xavier Worthy from Texas, and he says he idolizes Deshaun Jackson. So the Eagles are certainly doing their work with uh, with um, uh, receivers. They also talked to Roman Wilson from Michigan. They're going to need WR three. Quez likely won't be here. Uh, obviously, AJ and Smitty will be here, so they're going to need another third guy to come in here if they don't entertain it in uh, in free agency. So I think those are a couple names that the Eagles are going to look at. They've had meetings with those guys, so uh, you know, receiver is definitely going to be a position that they look at as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, it's probably the smart approach if we're talking receiver because they have all that money, you know, allocated is pending a Devontae Smith extension at that position. So the best you know, route to go if you, cause we keep talking about the wide receiver three thing and uh, don't make me revisit the Britton Covey take that I had. I won't do that today, but uh, you know, drafting one wouldn't be a terrible idea, but it'd be a great idea, honestly. Uh, to, you know, there's, de- the, we sit here and talk, you know, a lot of t- defensive talent in this draft, but it's loaded at wide receivers. So maybe they can get one in, in one of the mid rounds. Um, cause honestly, like It'll be really interesting to see moving forward. Maybe you know Howie Roseman is is better at drafting. I'm not saying he's bad at drafting receivers. At the end of the day, he did go up and get Devonte Smith, but I don't think it took like a genius to do something like that. I mean, but aside from that, though, his track record drafting hey, wide receivers took, is not he great. He could have took Kadarius Tony. He could have took Kadarius Tony. So, yeah, I mean, so could you imagine? I... <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, oh, you, I, it makes you wonder. Oof. 
Yeah, yeah, just a lot of whiffs. The Giants, the Giants had to take him because they wanted Devontae, and they were like, "Well, we need a receiver." And Devontae, it just it would be so refreshing to see now that they have AJ and Devontae if they could just draft somebody in the mid rounds, and he just comes in here and is a very solid player. You know, he's not just a complete. Quez was for like a year, and then he just fell. Then he, then he just. I mean, he what was he a seventh round pick? To be expected. I mean, six. For what it's worth, they definitely maximized him. I mean, they tried. I think he. I think he. You know, he got what he could out of a sixth round pick. It is definitely perform if you compare him to other sixth round picks. Right. Right. Uh, one more meeting. Um, I, w- I want to touch on the Eagles formerly met with Georgia safety Javon Bullard at the scouting combine as well. So we're keeping the Georgia, <laughs> keeping the Georgia thing going. Uh, but he's a really good safety. Obviously, the Eagles are going to have to address that position with with intensity because uh, you know Byard's no longer here. You have Reed, but you really need to address that position and get and get these guys going. From, from what Virginia. I read on him, he's uh, his NFL comparison is Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So mm-hmm. take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Very versatile guy can play in the box. Um, you just want guys in here because without safeties, Vangio's system doesn't work. You got to get mm. safeties in here, and the Eagles are certainly doing their due diligence with safeties. They're also met with Minnesota safety Tyler Newbin. Um, he's their last uh, formal. He was his last formal interview uh, of the combine. He's going to have this week, so they're certainly doing the due diligence on safeties. If it's not a free agent, if it's not Cameron Curl or or whoever it's going to be, um, get get a guy in here who can who can play multiple positions and be versatile. For, uh, for for Vangio's defense, so very exciting stuff from the combine. We'll continue to touch on the uh, the visits that we see as the uh, as the combine rolls on and we get closer to the NFL draft. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this edition of the Philly Pod, brought to you by thelibertyline.com. I'm your host, as always, Victor Williams. Follow me on all socials at the Philly Pod. Do the same for Stephen Conrad Jr. Follow him on socials there as well as the Daily Drip Show to get a peek at all of the national content that he will be providing as well. Um, keep tabs on the written content over at thelibertyline.com. Coverage on all five major Philadelphia sports. And we will be back all next week talking about, we said we were going to do stay or go on the next episode, but then we got all this news. So we are going to do that yeah. coming up <laughs> because Alberto has already uh, been, been re-signed and Kevin Byard is already gone. So we're, so we're falling behind here on stay or goes. We'll talk about the remaining players next week and uh, keep tabs on the rookies and the drafts and all the news that is coming out in regards to prospects the Eagles are looking at. Until then, guys, have a good weekend and peace out. We'll catch you guys on the next one from the Philly Pop.